This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Ignore the message in the chat where I said, oh, good lord, I can't see the chat. I can see the chat. I guess the messages I couldn't see were from earlier when I tried to come on the first time. I know I said I would be on early tonight, and I ended up coming on late. Because fucking internet issues again. Been a, it, it's been a shitty day for me, to be honest with you guys. Now, I had my groceries delivered a little bit ago. I hear the knock on the door. I'm working on my show. I finish up what I'm typing out. I go put the cats in the bedroom because Smokey likes to shoot outside. He don't stay gone long. But when he shoots outside, I don't really like it. He usually comes back about 10, 15 minutes later looking all wild. So I go, I open the door, grab my groceries, close the door, bring them in. When I'm o- oh, when I open the door, I see a woman walking up the stairs, and I assume that's my Instacart driver. I'm like, oh, thank you. I come back in, I realize, well, I don't, I don't have my cat food. That's, that's one of the main reasons I ordered groceries was I needed cat food. The cats were pissed. They had treats and wet food this morning. But then the rest of the day acted like they were in a gulag or some shit. Because they, their bowls didn't have anything in them. So I go to run after the woman, who I think was my Instacart driver. Apparently that was just my neighbor, and I told her thank you as she was walking up the stairs, because my Instacart driver was at the door with my cat food. When I opened the door. She's kind of cute, too. And normally I wouldn't care that she was like all up in my personal space. She seemed really friendly and acted like she wanted to come in my apartment. But we are still in the middle of a pandemic, and she was not masked. And that kind of upset me. However, she was cute, so... Maybe she saw the flag behind me and was like, Oh, he thinks right-wingers are morons. That's rare around these parts. But anyway, welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Tuesday... I do indeed have a Super Tuesday show put together. We got all kinds of shit to go over. At the end of the show, we'll get a little uh, Gabby Petito (laughs) as a treat. We're going to put it in context. Apparently, Joy Reid had some awesome comments about the story and the media's coverage of it. But then I also have the body cam footage. I haven't watched the body cam footage yet of the cops when they pulled the couple over. It's like an hour and a half long. I don't know if we're going to watch the whole goddamn thing, but we'll we'll get through it. Jordan Peterson was on with Steven Crowder. I've got a little clip of that. I'm sure that was, uh, you know, a meeting of the minds right there. A man pardoned by Trump has been charged again. Eric Trump's lawyer has quit. We have a woman in Texas who is incredibly pissed off about anal sex. Apparently she got up in front of a school board meeting and told everybody that she has never had anal sex. Too much information, ma'am. The death rates are shooting up in certain states. Well, it seems like breakthrough cases are 
not as rare as we were told. It really seems like um, they're pretty common. Some economists are pushing dims on the child care aspect of the reconciliation bill. The dims did kill funding for the Israeli Iron Dome program. Though some Democrats are saying it's just a delay. Don't worry about it. Uh, we're going to go to Australia and see what the protests there look like. A German anti-masker. Uh, I, I think they killed somebody in an attack. And German officials are worried about anti-mask radicalization in Germany. The right wing in Germany has been on the rise for quite some time now. So it's going to be interesting to check in with them. But first, let's start with the Canadian election that happened yesterday. Trudeau's election bet fails, but Tory rival might lose job. So I, I assume they're still tallying everything. I don't know exactly what the what the seat count is going to be. But Prime Minister Justin Trudeau won his third straight election, but failed to get the majority in Parliament he wanted an outcome that threatened his conservative rival with loss of his job after moving his party to the center and alienating its base. Trudeau bet Canadians didn't want a conservative government during a pandemic and voted the concerns of Canadians and voiced the concerns of Canadians who were increasingly upset with those who refused to get vaccinated. That helped propel Trudeau to victory in the election on Monday. And while the gamble to win a majority of parliament seats didn't pay off, Trudeau now leads a strong minority government that won't be toppled by the opposition anytime soon. The results nearly mirrored those of two years ago. The Liberal Party secured or was leading in 158 seats, one more than it won in 2019, and 12 short of the 170 needed for the majority in the House of Commons. The Conservatives were leading or elected in 119 seats, Two less than in 2019. The leftist New Democrats were leading or elected in 25, while the bloc... I'm not exactly sure how to say this. Quebecos? Quebecos? Were poised to win 34, and the Greens were down to two. Hours after the results came in, Trudeau greeted commuters and posed for photos Tuesday morning at a subway stop in his district in Montreal, a post-election tradition for the Prime Minister. At a news conference on Tuesday, Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole said he had initiated a post-election review to examine what went wrong for his party, something that is very common in politics, but something the Republican Party has not done in several years now. Conservative campaign co-chair... Walid Solomon said before the votes were counted on Monday that holding Trudeau to a minority government would be a win. But Jenny Byrne, campaign manager and deputy chief of staff to former conservative prime minister Stephen Harper, told the Associated Press that she was stunned by Solomon's comments and later said O'Toole gave a tone-deaf concession speech in which he acted as if he'd won. O'Toole said he was more determined than ever to continue, but his party might dump him as it did his predecessor, who failed to beat Trudeau in 2019. 
Whether O'Toole remains conservative leader has big implications for the conservative movement in Canada. If he's removed, the party could swing back to the right. Politician who narrowly lost the leadership of the conservative party in 2017, who now leads a far-right party that opposes vaccines and lockdowns, bled support from O'Toole's conservatives, and helped the liberals retain power. Maxime Bernier, Bernier and the People's Party of Canada didn't win any seats in Parliament, but support for his party led to some Conservative Party losses. Nelson Wiseman, a political science professor at the University of Toronto, said the People's Party of Canada cost the Conservative Party about 10 seats in the election. Good. Good. Welcome, Tones. Meanwhile, over across the pond, the British Prime Minister said of the American president that it's like dealing with a breath of fresh air, which is weird to talk about a politician who has been in politics for over 40 years. (laughs) Dealing with Joe Biden is like a breath of fresh air. I'm sure something no one has ever said about Joe Biden before. Afghanistan that was so chaotic. My country, the the UK, owes a big debt to the US military for the incredible professionalism and sacrifice they showed at at that airport at the Hamikaze International. A breath of fresh air. Shouldn't you be pissed off at the US for leading you into a really shitty war? On lies? It was an amazing operation. It's never going to be an easy thing to do to pull out of uh, somewhere like Afghanistan after 20 years in a clean uh, and straightforward way. But you can't spend your whole time. So take that, right-wingers here in the U.S. It was was never going to be easy, but it didn't have to be that messy. Your own diplomats were stranded in Kabul. We have that mistaken drone. Boris just shrugged. that the U.S. withdrawal was so botched, frankly. I think that it was a massive logistical success, what they did. I've heard other people say that, too. But you you heard about it in Parliament, members of your own party. Tony Blair called it tragic and unnecessary. Theresa May, members... Tony Blair is an idiot. Theresa May is an idiot. The U.S. have been surprised by how quickly this collapse of Afghanistan happened. No. There was a spectrum of advice, a spectrum of predictions from the intelligence people, amongst which was the possibility that Kabul would collapse very fast and that the Taliban would, uh, would take over very fast. Of course, uh, you, you're going to look back on it with mixed feelings. But I'll I, I say this, Savannah, all the things we did in, in Afghanistan, 3.6 million uh, women and girls were educated who would not otherwise... Well, what about those women education. and girls now? Sure. Uh, and we've... Well, I, I agree. It's a terrible thing now to listen to some of the threats that we're hearing uh, to their potential, their, their freedom, their opportunities. But what we've got to do is work together as the, as the West to say to the new authorities in, uh, in Afghanistan, in, in Kabul, look, you, you want our cash? Uh, we want to engage with you, but you know Afghanistan can't be a breeding ground for terror anymore. There were reports that as this collapse, was apparently the Taliban was enjoying a day out on the lake a couple of days ago. Thirty-six hours. Is that true? Don't discuss my calls with other leaders. For the best of my recollection, we talked very frankly about the whole thing. And so we- you didn't feel snubbed or not 
sufficiently consulted as this was happening? No, not at all. No, no, no. Do you think the president was too stubborn about this total withdrawal by a certain date from Afghanistan? Good Lord, no. Why is she and it's a respectable argument using right-wing talking points do you agree with the decision it sounds like you do look i mean could we have done it a bit differently maybe we could i I did want to ask you about president trump you spoke out pretty forcefully after january 6th and the riots at the u.s capitol oh yes was that a rift in the relationship between you i'm a massive fan of american of american democracy i think america stands for an ideal and that ideal is that people should be able to Uh, choose their governments peacefully, one person, uh, one vote, uh, by election. I just felt that the... Boris Johnson is for abolishing the Electoral College. Uh, with that, well, that's that, pretty mild that, language. That, that, that ideal. People were ransacking their offices. I'm a friendly and, and loving observer. And that, so I, I just thought... Uh, that's, but do you that's hold former President Trump responsible for inciting that riot? Look, I, I have no knowledge of, of, of what, what happened. But I, what I think is that let me put, put it this way. My admiration for American democracy is undimmed. You are the head of a very, very powerful state. You absolutely know what went on. What's, what's their intelligence agency? The MI, MI6, MI3, some, some shit like that. They fucking briefed you. You know exactly what happened on January the 6th. Did you ever worry in those days after the election, before inauguration, about the stability of the president or what he no. might do? No, no. There's I worried about it fucking, what, 2015, whenever he fucking came down the escalator. About military action the president might take, he actually called his Chinese counterpart. Did you ever worry about anything like that in the final I, I, waning I, days of the Trump administration? No, to be frank, I didn't. No, I, I, I thought that, I mean, you know, the... the the polls seem to, 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 you know. Is Boris a smarter man than I've been giving him credit for? Has he been playing a fool? People here perceive you as kind of two peas in a pot. It is the job of any prime minister of the of the UK to have a a, a good relationship with the, the the president of the United States. The U.S. UK relationship we are doomed. We are fated to get along, and that's quite right. That applies to to Donald Trump. It applies to Joe Biden. But what I will say about Joe Biden, dealing with, with the, the new American president, yes, it is a breath of fresh air in the sense that there are some things on which we can really, really work together. And you knew I was going to bring it up. Climate change. You know, he's great on that. And he wants to cut. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's not great on climate change. He's marginally better than what we've had before. With me, a basic view that you can do this without penalizing the economy. You have taken a more adversarial approach with China just recently. There was not only do I think you can do it without penalizing the economy, I think it would be a boom for the economy. But certain industries, which are very, very powerful, petroleum, don't want that to happen. That Australia, the UK, and the US uh, have a deal to put nuclear powered submarines in the Australian waters. China has told Australia you should expect the worst. China sees this as incredibly provocative. I think that's ridiculous. There's no need whatever for anybody to. As I understand it, they're just ships that 
run on nuclear power. They're not armed with nuclear warheads. COVID, you have 81% of your eligible citizens vaccinated right now. We're at 64%. The president has turned to mandates where he has the legal authority to do so. Do you think that's the right idea? Different strokes for different folks, okay? It's up to different countries to decide how they want to approach this. This is very. He's far more media savvy than I've given him credit for, that's for sure. Uh, not having the state mandate something in my country where great lovers of liberty. We've had to do it by sweet reason and persuasion, and that's working. What do you do when sweet reason and persuasion don't work? Keep going. Sweet, more sweet reason. Since you became prime minister, you became a father again. You have a new yes, baby. I You're do, expecting yes. another baby. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's you have... Wait, what? Kids. Yes. What's it like so, to have little babies in, in it's Town Street? It's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's, you know, well, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's... It's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of work. I'll tell you that much. But it's, it's, I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, I, I want you, I change. Somebody actually fucks this guy. Do you really? I do. I shouldn't say that. People actually fuck me. So There's a, there's a joke wow. there about what he does uh, in politics, too. But I'm not going to make it. But it was a really interesting and lively conversation, as you can see. And he is really. That, that was fascinating. I'm glad we watched that. I, I really believe that I haven't given Boris Johnson enough credit. Be honest, I haven't paid much attention to him since he came on the scene. We've kind of had things going on here in the U.S. that we've had to deal with. Something Joe Biden is dealing with right now is the backlash over the footage we watched last night of the Haitian immigrants being whipped. White House faces a bipartisan backlash on Haitian uh, migrants now. Yes, bipartisan. The right-wingers are jumping all over this, calling the Customs and Border Patrol agents Joe Biden's thugs, which, you know, I can show I can show those same right-wingers, you know. Lots of evidence that CBB kind of operates as a rogue agency. It, it did so under Trump as well. So calling them Joe Biden's thugs is a little misleading. Also, I can't stand right-wingers critiquing something from the left. Oh, did you see Joe Biden out there whipping migrants with with whips? Motherfuckers, you're into that shit. What? what? You, You don't get to criticize Joe Biden about drone strikes when you didn't give a shit about all the other drone strikes. That had I've been bitching about this since the Obama administration. I didn't stop bitching about it during the Trump administration. U.S. military and our imperialism is disgusting. But I can't stand these people who are normally for these policies using it to critique Joe Biden. Fuck off. I will critique Joe Biden from the left. You don't have a valid critique. You're into this shit. The White House is facing sharp condemnation from Democrats for its handling of the influx of Haitian migrants at the U.S. southern border after images of U.S. Border Patrol agents on horseback using aggressive tactics went viral this week. I wouldn't say aggressive tactics. It was straight up fucking... Um, straight up aggressive force. I... That's not strong enough. That's not a strong enough word. I'm sorry. I'm still frustrated over earlier. Warlord, did you just miss me playing fucking what we watched like six fucking minutes of Boris Johnson? And now you come in here? 
Okay. Also, I want I want to ask you, have I not been giving Boris enough credit? He came across incredibly well in that interview. At least, maybe not well in terms of you know being uber intelligent, but well enough that he came he came across as media savvy. Have I not been giving him enough credit? He's smarter than what I thought he was. Oh, you voted for him. Interesting. It was a fascinating interview, I'll tell you that. He called Joe Biden a breath of fresh air. I'm sure the Haitian migrants don't think he's a breath of fresh air. Striking video of agents maneuvering their horses to forcibly block and move migrants attempting to cross the border has sparked resounding criticism from Democrats on Capitol Hill who are calling on the Biden administration to end its use of pandemic-era authority to deport migrants without giving them an opportunity to seek asylum in the United States. Senate uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer an administration ally said images of the treatment of migrants turn your stomach and called on the administration to discontinue the hateful and xenophobic policies of Biden's predecessor, Donald Trump. The policies that are being enacted now and the horrible treatment of these innocent people who have come to the border must stop immediately, Schumer told the Senate on Tuesday. At the same time, the administration continues to face attacks from Republicans who say Biden isn't doing enough to deal with what they call a crisis at the border. Apparently, they want them to go harder than just whipping the migrants. Reflecting the urgency of the political problem for the administration, Homeland Security Chief Alexandro Alejandro, I fuck his name up every time. I'm sure I'm not the only person. Alejandro Mayorkas said Tuesday the images horrified him. A seeming shift in tone from a day earlier when he and others were more uh, sanguine. Did I say that right? I have probably looked this word up a million times. Sanguine. Sanguine. Sanguine about the situation at the border. Oh, just in case you didn't get it from the context. Optimistic or positive, especially in an apparently bad or difficult situation. Now, 26 governors are calling on Biden to come and meet with them. Now, these are the 26 fucking governors that are all Republican and probably the ones pushing uh, abortion laws, voting laws and shit. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt is among the 26 governors from across the country asking President Joe Biden to meet with them to discuss border enforcement. Governors, all Republican, wrote that the months-long surge in illegal crossings have instigated an international humanitarian crisis, spurred a spike in international criminal activity, and opened the floodgates to human traffickers and drug smugglers, endangering public health and safety in our states. Fuck xenophobic. They say what has happened at the southern border has extended into their states and requires immediate action before the situation worsens. In the letter, the governors say the federal government has created the crisis at the border and has left the states to deal with the challenges that only the federal government has the duty to solve. They also wrote that the solution to ending the border crisis is simple and straightforward. Now, if I was Joe Biden, or if I was advising Joe Biden, I would tell him to take the meeting. Make sure there are cameras. You want it to be one of those roundtable discussions. 
where all the media is invited, and and I would invite uh, Republican senators that you're friends with from those states. That's what I would do, because that's actually where Biden is at his best. When he's just sitting around chatting with people, he comes across so well. And the sound bites and the video that would come from that meeting would reflect well on... I think the 26 Republican governors would come off looking like jackasses and being forceful, and Joe Biden will come off affable and likable. So he should absolutely take that meeting and he should grab some of his friends that are senators from those states. Because you know all those all these governors want is the publicity. They wanted this story read. That's all it is. Meanwhile, Republicans are losing their ever-loving minds over the fact that House Democrats have stripped money for the Iron Dome in Israel from the government funding bill. Weird coming from the party that's always like, why are we sending money to other countries? House Democrats on Tuesday stripped $1 billion. $1 billion. For Israel's Iron Dome defense system. From its short-term government funding bill after backlash from progressives, people familiar with the decision tell Axios. That's exactly what they're saying, Warlord. There has never been a situation where military aid for Israel was held up because of objections from members of Congress. While the funding will get a vote in its current defense bill, the clash underscores the deep divisions within the Democratic Party over Israel. Israeli Foreign Minister... Yar Lapid spoke to the House Majority Leader uh, Steny Hoyer Tuesday about the holdup in the voting on the Iron Dome funding. Lapid's office said Hoyer stressed the holdup was technical due to disagreements in Congress about the deficit and conveyed the commitment by him, the White House, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to pass the Iron Dome funding soon. Fuck off. I'm against it. Fuck off. No more funding for Israel. Politico first broke the news about the funding being removed from the continuing resolution, which is expected to be considered by the House later today. The funding has been a key priority for Hoyer, but its supporters ultimately caved after several progressive members like Representative Pramila Jayapal threatened to vote against the short-term funding bill, which also includes language to raise the debt ceiling. Well, I mean, like, the casualties in... uh, The casualties in Palestine are far higher on the Palestinian side. If I was going to provide a dome, which is... If anyone is unaware, it's not actually a dome. It's, it reminds me of like the fucking Star Wars thing. Like they shoot fucking missiles out of the sky. It's like anti-aircraft. It's like a, a fucking anti-aircraft dome. You've ever seen like the anti-aircraft artillery? So it's not actually a, a, a iron dome. 
Funding has been a key priority for Hoyer. I just read that. The Iron Dome will be included in the final bipartisan and bicameral fiscal year 2022 defense bill, said a House Appropriations Committee spokesperson. President Biden committed publicly in May at the end of the Gaza War to replenish Israel's Iron Dome system. Why is that our responsibility? Biden repeated the pledge last month during his meeting with Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett. I almost said Benjamin Netanyahu. That's going to that's gonna take some getting used to. Israeli officials told Axios Bark Ravid that the development is a result of the 12 years of Netanyahu policies, which harmed Israel's bipartisan status in America. Well, it's not just uh, the corrupt Netanyahu government. Now, over 100 economists are urging Democrats to include affordable child care in their $3.5 trillion spending plan, which I'm still trusting in Bernie Sanders. Trust the plan. Bernie still seems confident. This next couple of weeks is going to be really interesting in how this plays out. 127 economists are urging Democrats to include affordable child care in their $3.5 trillion social spending plan per a letter uh, the insider obtained. They include prominent signatories like former Obama economist Jason Furman and Betsy Stevenson. They argue including it would encourage more women to re-enter the labor market and boost earnings. Betsy Stevenson used to be a top economic advisor to President Barack Obama, but she got a but she's got a problem with how the economy treats parents affordable child care. DK, you don't know what you're talking about. AOC tanks Biden's presidency. No, 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 no. The Biden agenda is the $3.5 trillion bill. AOC and Biden are on the same side, you dumb fuck. This is why you should just sit and and listen and learn shit. Your comments are stupid. You're an idiot. Bernie seems confident. That's all I got to say. I trust in Bernie. I think I think Manchin may very well now the now the debt defaulting is a different story the republicans are wanting to sink the continuing resolution to fund the government through december we're gonna, we're going to talk about that more later we're not not in this show we're moving on from uh that kind of shit We are emptying out our our shelves. Nabisco workers' five-week strike won by shutting down business as usual. I I did not look at the source when I because one it's not like mainstream media is covering the Nabisco strike, but this is one of those. It's got a lot of flowery language. Tells the story about somebody that's on the on the line here. I can't get to the the details. A five-week strike 
by 1,000 of the union's members at Mondelez came to an end with workers approving a new four-year contract on Saturday. The victory is huge, according to Donald Woods, president of BCTGM Local in Chicago and one of the union's negotiators. The union wanted to maintain what we had. We didn't lose nothing, he says. He adds that of the 893 workers who voted nationally, only 201 were against the deal. Instead of the company's demand for rotating 12-hour, three- to four-day shifts for workers on high-demand sites, Mundelez has agreed to create weekend shifts, solving the company's need to meet production demand. More importantly, the schedule allows workers to keep their overtime pay for holidays and weekends of benefits that would have vanished with three-day shifts. If the current workers do not volunteer for weekend shifts, the company will hire new employees. So good job. You guys can have your Oreos now. The strike is over. However, uh, some bourbon is now off the shelf. Evan Hill employees are giving up pay and benefits to strike. It has been nearly a week since employees at Heaven Hill Distilleries went on strike. When the strike began in uh, began early Saturday morning, they lost their pay, health insurance, and patient with patients with management. Actually, have a piece on it. Six of a heated strike at Heaven Hill Distilleries. WDRB Stefan Johnson explains what workers are losing in their fight for a new contract. This is a very active strike in picket line. Behind me, you can see these Heaven Hill employees are still standing strong after several days. But what you can't see is that every day they're on the picket line is another day without pay or health insurance. It's been nearly a week since these employees walked off the job at Heaven Hill Distilleries. We are Heaven Hill proud, but we are so union proud, and we're going to stand our ground. When employees went on strike early Saturday morning, they lost their pay, health insurance, and in some cases, lost their patience with management. That's not right. We've got COVID. We stayed in there seven days a week. We worked 12-hour shifts. And then they That's not right. And you want to say family? Well, explain to me what family is. Last week, about 400 union members voted overwhelmingly. Well, when a company says family, that's propaganda. It's propaganda. This is a transactional relationship. I am not part of your family. Fuck off. To reject a five-year contract offer from the company. The biggest concern is this traditional and non-traditional schedule. Matt Aubrey is president of a local 23D and says the membership voted down the contract knowing what was at stake. I mean, as you can see, you know, I think that's the last thing that's on their mind. You know, they just want they feel undervalued and they feel mistreated. Aubrey says there's been no contact with management since last week. I don't know what you're talking about alone. I've got three cats here, sir. I'm very disappointed. You know, um, they say that they're family-owned and they're family-ran. They want all of them to feel like family. And if that was the case, then, you know, they should have already reached out to these people. Meanwhile, workers are hoping for an agreement, but prepared for the worst. I don't care if it's still Christmas. I'll be right in the same spot right here if they don't come back with something. We did. Okay, if it's family-owned, then more than likely all those management positions are occupied by people in the family. All that nepotism. So if you want to treat your workers like family, make the place a co-op. Let everybody share in the profits. That would that would be treating everybody like a family. Oh no, you don't want a relationship where you treat everybody like a family. No, 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 no. You you want to be king. You want to be 
the owner that has the power to fire people and tell people what to do. Fuck off. Now, I will say, I don't know if I've, I've ever mentioned this to you guys. I, I know I've said that I, I make right-wing propaganda for a lot of for a lot of organizations. I, uh, one of my clients is the largest anti-union legal organization. Now, you can probably deduce who they are just by me saying that. They're very, very prominent. They also are very, very stupid. I never signed an NDA. I know all their fucking secrets. I make their propaganda. I've been making it for years. And they are dirty as fuck. Well, let me tell you something. I hadn't heard from them in over a year. Like, you know, during COVID, it was kind of put on pause. Didn't really do anything. In the last couple of weeks, they have been shoveling money at my ass. That's why you guys have seen me on here. Like, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. They've been shoveling money at my ass to make propaganda for them. Because they are scared to death of unions right now. We have the power. So, I take it as a positive, but also... Fucking propaganda is effective. That's why they do it. So, paying me, God, thousands of dollars at this point now, to fucking make shit for them. Like that. That's it. There's a reason they're willing to do it and spend so much. And God, they make themselves out to be the victims, the little guy, and they're not. They're not. And that's, that's another reason, like, when right-wingers come in here, I don't understand you people. I tell you for a fact that I know that the, the media is lying to you. How do I know? I do it for the other side. I work for the right-wingers. I know their tricks. And, and whenever my uh, relationship with when I've bled enough money out of them, now I've... I've I've struggled with this for a while, and I've come to the conclusion that taking their money and then using it to fund my own propaganda is the best course of action, because if I don't take their money, somebody else will, and it's better to go into my pocket and let me do the troll patrol and everything. But once I have gotten all I can out of them, and the relationship just becomes like, because it's like they really are stupid, they're hard to deal with. They send me, like, multiple emails with, like, all kinds of shit. I'll address everything, and then, like, they act like they didn't even read my fucking email, and they'll send me the same shit over again. Send them my invoice on Friday, and, like, they can't work the PayPal. They they need my bank account info. It's, it's, they are stupid. But they got a lot of fucking money, and they're effective with their propaganda. Now, what also may play in our favor is that um, the economy may come crashing down. Monday's stock market fall may be a sign of more serious trouble ahead. The Dow dropped 614 points yesterday, its worst day since October of 2020. Most analysts blamed worries about Chinese real estate. That was not what I was expecting. Chinese real estate? Really? Now, I know China has been like... China has invested a shit ton of money into buildings that aren't occupied. 
Because, like, they went the other way with infrastructure. Like, anytime the economy has a slight downturn, downturn, they invest in infrastructure. Which is a smart move. Until you're just building buildings that aren't occupied, because that's stupid. But I wasn't expecting, like, I was expecting, you know, coronavirus to be the reason why the stock market dipped. We don't care. What is it? Like, still, like, 1,500 people? 1,700 people died today? Shit. It would seem an odd thing to be causing such fear and loathing in the U.S. stock market, but don't discount it. Such seemingly unrelated spasms are often the spark of something far worse. What appears trivial often forces market players to focus on all that's wrong with the economy, corporate earnings, fiscal and monetary policy, the main drivers of stocks. History shows corrections often start with a random headline or event that's a catalyst for something bigger. And there's enough wrong in the U.S. economy. Boy, is that an understatement! That people are looking at the half-empty part of the glass. I don't know if Monday's correction will make meme stocks trade like the penny stocks they were or force some rational valuation of Tesla, but a quick look back at some past corrections followed the same scary pattern. Take early 2000 during the internet stock craze when a few big tech bulls in the Wall Street analyst community casually worried about some dot-coms being overvalued. Was it long before these rather meek warnings became a brick and a growing wall of worry that included potential interest rate hikes and whether many dot-coms would ever even make money? By March, the rush for the exits began in the tech and dot-com heavy NASDAQ, and it didn't stop for the next two years. Likewise, you can trace the spark of the financial crisis in the late summer of uh, 2008 to the implosion about a year earlier of a couple of two esoteric, superficially unimportant hedge funds sold by Bears Stearns. Bear Stearns' clients, with a particular appetite to take big risks in mortgage-related stocks, took a chance on investments that did not seem essential. They ultimately were. Their summer of 2007 collapse got smart investors thinking, maybe it's not just these funds and maybe every major bank on Wall Street is holding all these same hard-to-price securities that will need to be marked down in price along with the decline in housing prices all across the nation. By March of 2008, that is just what happened. Ghost Chinese immigrant problem in Canada. I have not heard of that. I'm going to have to look into that. Now, what... What we have a problem with here in the U.S., and it is a result of the 2008 collapse, is like we have properties that nobody knows who owns the deeds to all over the place. Like, it fucking blew my mind because, like, it was sold and sold and sold and, like, the property gets foreclosed on, but nobody knows who actually owns it because it's some some piece of a hedge fund somewhere. It could be some overseas bank. It's fucking crazy. We should reclaim those structures. All right, let's go down under. I didn't play the video because I I think it happened like the day I couldn't broadcast on Thursday because of my internet, but like, Biden pointed to the Australian uh, prime minister and was like, that feller down under. 
<laughs> it was hilarious. It was all over the right wing media. Anti-vaccine protesters clash with police in Melbourne, Australia for the second day. Been a violent few days in Melbourne where construction workers and other demonstrators are clashing with police as they protest the government's COVID-19 vaccine requirements. Amid the surging Delta variant, officials in Victoria State, where Melbourne is the largest city, recently announced a vaccination mandate for construction workers that requires each employee to show proof of at least one dose by Thursday. Some 13% of the state's active COVID-19 cases are linked to construction sites. 13% of not a lot, by the way. Construction workers who are opposed to the new restrictions have made their positions known in protests that have escalated in recent days after the government closed down tea rooms at work sites. That's a thing? Tea rooms at work sites? Now, I've been on a lot of American construction sites. That may seem odd given who I am, but my father was a blaster. My brother was a blaster. Is a blaster. I don't know what the fuck he's doing now. And uh, I did a lot of AV installs. So I've been on a lot of construction sites myself for work. We never had a tea room. No tea room. I've never seen a tea room on a construction, a tea room on a construction site. I know it's so unimportant to what we're talking about right now, but I'm just, I'm blown away by a tea room on a construction site. I've got, was it TEA? Yes. As in T, as in T. No, no, I want to see what a fucking tea room looks like on a construction site. Somebody explain to me tea rooms on construction sites. I'm not going to be able to move past this. Like a break room, I guess. Is is like is tea room a British term instead of a break room? Is that it? It's just like a like I shouldn't be freaking out about this. It's just like what the British call a break room. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Do they actually go and have tea? Like, cause I hear tea room, and I'm thinking like you, you've got the fucking saucer and the fucking like you've got some fancy china, and you got to stick your your goddamn finger out. Tea room. Somebody else just came in. Can you explain to me what a tea room is? 
Anybody, anybody got an idea what a tea room is? All right, I'll move on. <laughs> I, I don't even remember what we were reading about. After the government closed down tea rooms at work sites, <laughs> some workers took their lunch breaks outside on... Fr- Wait a minute! <laughs> the, Don't construction workers normally sit on the grass with their fucking... I am so confused. My American ass has no clue what these people are talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little place for brunch. But like this construction site here in Australia, these are manly men. They set up tables and plastic chairs in multiple intersections in central Melbourne, blocking roads and holding up traffic. On Monday, people gathered outside the headquarters of the prominent construction forestry, maritime, mining, and energy union to protest the mandate, chanting and yelling before attempting to storm the building. Well, fuck. We got some video of it. Ain't nothing wrong with drinking some tea. I am a tea drinker. You can you can tell when you drink my tea that I'm from the south. Pictures from the protests. Here we got some more we got some more video here. Very short video, though. <laughs> now, right-wingers have been sharing this out, like, look at what's going on in Australia. Look at what's going on in Australia. But if I'm not mistaken, I believe the Australian government is conservative. Just saying. What's up, Stark Raving? Welcome. You just missed me fucking be dumbfounded about tea rooms on Australian construction sites. I spent like 10 minutes wondering about that ship. (laughs) German officials fear anti-mask radicalization after a killing. Senior officials in Germany expressed shock Tuesday over the killing of a young gas station clerk who was shot dead at the weekend by a man opposed to the country's pandemic restrictions. A 49-year-old German was arrested in the fatal shooting of the clerk on Saturday in the western town of Idar Oberstein. The suspect is being held on suspicion of murder. (laughs) Whatever, Germany. America did it first. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that Germany has modeled their fascism after America, you know? Authorities said the man told officers he acted out of anger after being refused service by the clerk for not wearing a mask while trying to buy beer at the gas station. He further stated during interrogation that he rejected the measures against the coronavirus. The requirement to wear masks in stores is among the measures in place in Germany to stop the spread of the virus. I'm deeply shocked, said the governor of Rhineland uh, 
Palatinate State. My thoughts are with the family and friends of the victim. Called the killing. He, he called for the killing to be thoroughly investigated and the perpetrator to be punished. According to police, the suspect left the gas station after the dispute, but then returned a half hour later wearing a mask and fatally shot the 20-year-old clerk in the head. The suspect, a German citizen named in local media as Mario N., initially fled the scene after a large-scale manhunt was called. He turned himself in to police on Sunday morning. Oh shit, Germany is coming up on an election. The three candidates to succeed, Angela Merkel, which for some reason Sparkles has adopted as a nickname for me. Succeed Angela Merkel as she, she said. I just looked at her one day and I looked like Angela Merkel. Like I had a look like Merkel on my face. The fuck does that even mean? The three candidates to succeed Angela Merkel as chancellor in next Sunday's German election also voiced dismay at the killing. Angela, I'm sorry. I'm I Americanized it. You're right. I'm in Alabama. You can't expect that much. I do try to pronounce things correctly, though. Thank you, Star Graving. A nurse's training wasn't enough to help her make good decisions about her health. The piece on CNN a night or two ago. He worked as a truck driver. Today, Daryl Rise is a full-time caregiver in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, to 10-year-old twins Emmett and Emery, after their mother, Daryl's sister, died last month from COVID-19. As they were innovating her... Um, and they given her. Yeah, I thought what I said was better than their headline. What is it? Her, her nursing training couldn't help her make better, better medical decisions. Ah. Her nursing training couldn't help her make better medical decisions. In her, the sedation and the paralytic, um, which is standard, um, her heart just let go. Natalie Rise was only 46. Tell me, what did Natalie do for a living? It sure does. She was a registered nurse. And she did uh, home health care. And she went around... Doesn't mean you're not stupid. Uh, ...elderly. Which made her firm anti-vaccination stance all the more puzzling. She was telling me not to get vaccinated. I think it was from misinformation. I think it was from uh, falling into negative social media and uh, bloggers, YouTubers. As the Delta variant continues to run rampant, healthcare leaders face a... Idiots on social media. ...of their own ranks as of July still had not been vaccinated, according to the COVID States Project. And as cases and hospitalizations remain high here in Idaho, one official saying there's really only one word to describe the current situation. Awful. Um, we're in the worst state that we ever have been in the pandemic. Things right now. The entire country is. The entire country is. I do not understand why we're not treating it like the fucking serious situation that it is. Why are we not paying people to stay home? Why are we not doing rent freezes and mortgage freezes? It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And we're going to, like, we're seeing cases drop right now. Like, deaths are rising in certain states. We're going to go over that here in a second. But cases are going down in certain places. But, 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 here's the thing. A cold snap is going to hit most of the country this week. I think starting tomorrow. 
this red blob has moved from from the Gulf all the way up through here. It is going to move straight into the most populous area of the country, and it is going to ravage them as we move indoors during this cold snap. Anyone can see this coming. I wish we would fucking take action now. I would. Why? Why? Why am I scrolling through my feed and seeing just like story after story of people saying, well, my kid has COVID. Oh, my grandmother died of COVID. My uncle died of COVID. Just all along with like vacation pictures and people like fucking smiling and being happy and, and like, hey, come, come see my concert. And I'm like, ah, what is going on here? As hospitals, the right to ration treatment. It comes even as the state. Sto- oh, 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 they're, they're throwing their masks in the burning pile of garbage let me show you what fucking socks socks has become an anti-masker i was supposed to have the dude from uh 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 uh, my internet service provider the tech was supposed to come by to fix my fucking internet i had a mask laying on my desk for when he came grab the mask off of it start tearing it up damn it socks we believe in science in this household Mask mandate. Protesters staging mask burning rallies like this one in March. Idaho also has one of the lowest vaccination rates in the country. The lack of restrictions causing frustration in neighboring Washington state, where there is a mask mandate and where hospitals like this one in Spokane are filling up with patients from Idaho. Doctors warning everyone from cancer patients to people on a transplant list could see delays in treatment. Those patients who are impacted in their families, how do they take that? Horribly, and rightly so. We're doing everything that we can to expand capacity to get those folks in the operating room with their surgeons who can cure them. But at the end of the day, we're delaying their care. They did CPR for 45 minutes. As Daryl got the tragic call, his sister had died. I was destroyed. I I didn't know what's going to happen with these two beautiful little children. He was also grappling with something else. His 71-year-old unvaccinated mother had also gotten COVID and was coming out of a medically induced coma. She had to be told that her daughter, just a few rooms away, had died from the same disease. I got a phone call from the nurse. Motherfuckers! Mom, you need to tell your mom we're all mothers, and she deserves to know. Even now, Daryl says his mother is still on the fence about the vaccine, indicative of the struggle to end the pandemic. Do you want chocolate milk? All right. Now left to raise his niece and nephew, he says the day following his sister's death. The next day I went and got my vaccination. It was the hardest decision of my life. You know, am I doing right by God? Am I doing right by Natalie? And uh, I got it out of fear. It's not, it's not the hardest decision of your life. What the, what the fuck? It's fucking easy. It was an easy ass decision. Like, I don't even want to call it a decision because I never even thought about it. The idea of not getting the vaccination never crossed my goddamn mind. And I specifically, because I knew about mRNA technology, and I've seen the stories about it for years now, I wanted to specifically get the mRNA fucking vaccination. I didn't give a shit which one I got, but I wanted to get one of the mRNA ones. 
because I thought the technology was cool. You're exactly you're you're right, Star Graving. It, it. I don't want to say it's nefarious. I mean, it is. It's 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 motivated by profit. It gets more clicks. It, it gets more comments on Facebook. Gets more people arguing. But also, like CNN suffers bad from this this uh, false equivalency, where they they try to. They've taken a lot of flack from right-wingers, so they overcompensate to try to be fair. Let the Taliban talk at the UN. They were out on the paddle boats the other day. They're so cute. I've seen them at the water parks. I've seen them out on the paddle boats. I've seen them ride the go-karts. I don't know. I think I, I, think I might make some kind of like funny video about like the, the adventures with the Taliban or some shit. Here's another one for you. A restaurant owner kicked out a couple for having masks on. Who has live TV? Oh, shut up. I do not support whatever fucking ad is playing here. Oh. I was hoping it'd be socks. I want you to look at socks. There you go. Look at Socrates for a little bit. I'm not showing you the ad. I am anti-advertisement. And and these fucks certainly aren't paying me. Wester and her husband. Oh, you want me to give you an ad? I'll play an ad on fucking Twitch. You're probably subbed to the channel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I I always play the three minute ad during my countdown when nobody's in here. Just like if fucking Twitch wants to give me a few cents for it. Especially the only people watching the countdown are people that are subscribed to the channel. So you aren't seeing that shit. And went to Hang Time, a bar and restaurant in Rowlett with a few friends. Something they say as new parents they don't do often. If you've ever been new parents and whatnot, having those couple of hours out like once a month or so is so important for your mental health. They're fully vaccinated, but say they choose to mask up when out to protect their immune compromised. You, you, you should. Once inside. Well, you, you should do it. To protect. We should all be. So this whole thing about being vaccinated and not wearing a mask. Like I, I don't get it. Don't get it. Vaccinated can still transmit the virus. You can still get sick. Still need to wear the mask. Even if the mask doesn't protect you all the way 100% like the right-wingers say. It cuts down on the viral load. And the viral load is what determines how sick you get. How contagious you are. But hey. I understand the way viruses and epidemiology work. Our manager sent us over because I am nicer than he is. And yes, this is very political, but you need to take your mask off. No masks allowed. It's a policy you don't hear often during the pandemic, but the owner says he considers it part of the dress code. Oh my God, Tones. Your mom still refuses to get the vaccine. Oh, shit. 
Oh, what's not true? The mask cutting down on the viral load? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's why I said, that's why we need to wear the mask. Because the mask will cut down on the viral load that you intake. That was my point. Your local epidemiologist. I need to get on Substack. I spent my money on this business. I put my blood, sweat, and tears in this business. And I don't want any mass in here. He says it's a private... I think he's an asshole. ...every right to refuse service to those who want to wear their mask. I feel the overall reaction with the mask is ridiculous in the United States right now. There's no sign. Instead, the hostess tells everyone who wears one they must take them off at the door. So when they put their mask on the other night, they were reminded that they were asked at the front. This dude doesn't make it to the end of the year. Want to bet? We're going to be we're going to see video of this dude juxtaposed with like people mourning him talking about what a great guy he is. Whoa, that's tones. That's really weird. Operation Kill the Customers is a go. I <sighs> I don't, I don't understand how this fucking restaurant hasn't had to shut down because of outbreaks yet. That's amazing to me. Let's go, let's go back. I didn't, I didn't really catch all of this. Fully vaccinated, but say they choose to mask up when out to protect their immune-compromised four-month-old. But once inside... Our waitress came over, sat down next to me, and said, so our manager sent us over because I am nicer than he is. And yes, this is very political, but you need to take your mask off. No masks allowed. It's a policy you don't hear often during the pandemic, but the owner says he considers it part of the dress code. I spent my money on this business. I put my... I'd say he is on something. And I don't want any masks in here. He says it's a private business and he has every right to refuse service to those who want to wear their mask. I feel the overall reaction with the mask is ridiculous in the United States right now. There's no sign. Instead, the hostess tells everyone who wears one they must take them off at the door. So when they put their mask on the other night, they were reminded that they were asked at the front to take it off and they didn't want to, so we asked them to leave. He says he was unaware of her immune-compromised son, but that it's a rule they will continue to enforce. As if that changes anything, you're still a jerk-ass. But some people in our capitalist society see this whole anti-vax movement as, you know, an opportunity to capitalize. Don't get vaccinated. A truck appearing to advertise Charlotte Funeral Home goes viral. It's a little bit of reverse psychology. They said, don't get vaccinated. A truck with the message, don't get vaccinated, seen all over Uptown on Sunday. Oh, if it's my, my way of thinking, I might actually 
go to that that link and take a look at it. So now you've got what you would probably not get an audience to pay attention to pay attention. When you go to the funeral home's website, it says get vaccinated now. If not, see you soon and redirects to StarMed Healthcare's website. StarMed has been on the front lines of the pandemic, testing and vaccinating tens of thousands of people and sending out funny... Oh, this is fantastic. But they're actually not responsible for this marketing stunt. We got phone calls about, you know, all this excitement uh, yesterday about... Uh, hey, we, we, we got redirected to your your site. So we had to do a little homework and uh, found out that this, this company had a really good experience uh, with StarMed and uh, and actually used us as their, their landing spot for this advertisement. So- Chris Dobbins, the chief of relations and response for StarMed, says it's the advertising company Boone Oakley. And it couldn't come at a better time. StarMed has been busy with testing and monoclonal antibody treatment, but vaccination rates are still slowly climbing. 57% of eligible Mecklenburg County residents have one shot, and 53% are fully vaccinated. We're all about anything that will help us bring attention uh, or motivation uh, to our neighbors to, to get vaccinated. Chloe Leshner, W. Bravo! Now, businesses are still struggling. Some say they are struggling more than in 2020. Could be because, like, we're at the height of the pandemic now. Even though no one's acting like it. Noma County restaurants are still struggling in 2021. Oh, I got ad blocker turned on. They don't want to let me read the article. Fourth Street Social was supposed to be a restaurateur. Melissa was supposed to be restaurateur. Melissa Matterson's dream project. She got the keys to the small business in downtown Santa Rosa Lounge and Cafe in February of 2020. Woo! Ooh! Oh, <laughs> documenting the weeks of redecorating and grand opening. Well, now, like, I'm against the uber, uber rich. <laughs> like, uh, I'm an entrepreneur myself. Like, and I've, I've, you know, a lot of the venues I've played over the years are locally owned and everything. So, like, I, I support local business and I... I My entire life, after working for Walmart when I was younger, I was I was I didn't actually work for Walmart. I was a vendor for Walmart. That experience was horrible. That was in like two thousand four. I was a district manager for a week for a company that was a vendor for Walmart. I took the district manager job and went, mm, 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 don't like this at all. I got the paycheck like three weeks later and was like, uh, ooh, hmm. Maybe I could have put up with that shit. But like, I, I, I was a photographer for Walmart. No, 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 no. I was a photographer. I've, I've only ever really done audiovisual shit in my life. I've never really had a real job. I mean, I have. Uh, I was a stock boy at a drugstore that was like my first job 
But then not long after that, I got a job in radio. And pretty much since then, I've been... Worked at a call center for a week one time. Like, when I say I've, 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 I've done other things, like, in between jobs. Like, I sold cell phones for maybe a month, a month and a week. So I've never, I've never had like a real, real job. Uh, my, my only retail experience is retail photography. And I will tell you that is, that is worse. I, I don't ever fucking do that because, um, like when, like you take pictures and you're proud, like, oh, this is a really good shot. And then like the person you're taking them for is shitting on you and they're treating you like you're a, you're a Kmart employee. <laughs> like, no, I don't like that at all. <laughs> like it, it takes a toll on you. I, that's po- It's possible. Like there are a, a lot of people that have the money to start a restaurant and believe me, I've watched enough kitchen nightmares to know most people that own restaurants have no business owning restaurants. But like all in all, like I'm, we're in a capitalist society. I would encourage people to, uh, patronize small business as opposed to, I don't shop at Walmart. I feel a lot better going to my local grocery store down here. They're probably Republican shitheads too. They probably or on the Rotary Club and all that good shit, but like, it's better to keep my money. I have a Nightbot. Is that the is that the thing that uh, uh, talks about my T-shirts and shit? I don't even I don't even fucking know the shit I've set up. I'm oh I'm so sorry. I will I will get channel point shits. Figured out. Yeah, fuck this restaurant. Oh, let's talk. This is a much, much happier story. This one will make Star Craving incredibly mad. Daybot. Aww. My dad didn't have a fighting chance. COVID is the leading cause of death among law enforcement. So we are going to watch a video about a daughter. No, 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 no. I mean the, the, oh, you mean the business going out? No, I I knew you would get, um, I knew you'd get excited about this story. I, I'm excited about this story. This is, this is probably another story that even though we're doing it tonight, I might have to play this video for sparkles on Friday because she will love this story. <laughs> I told her, I told her, uh, this past weekend, I'm like, you know, cops are dying, like tremendous rates of COVID, right? Has opened the floodgates to vaccine requirements in local communities. And that includes law enforcement. Many police unions, however, are pushing back. Religious exemptions are bullshit to get the shot. NBC News national reporter Janelle Griffith has new reporting on NBCNews.com on this issue. Uh, Janelle, what have you learned about the police opposition to vaccination? Yes, Aaron. So this battle is playing out in cities and towns across the country. Police unions in... Okay, so this video is kind of old. They're talking about Ida down there in the bottom. 
Massachusetts are pushing back. I just saw the video and I was like, yeah, let's watch this. Hours after the FDA fully approved the Pfizer vaccine, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot said that all city employees would be required to be vaccinated against COVID-19. She said that there was no way around it because they needed to protect themselves as well as the public that they serve. Just as quickly as she made that announcement, the head of the Fraternal Order of Police there vowed not to comply. And this is something we're seeing in a lot of cities and towns, large and small, around the country. You know, Janelle, one of the people that you spoke to said uh, that officers are not used to being told what to yep. do uh, and that that may have contributed to the lower vaccination rates. Talk us. T- officers are not used to being told what to do. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, they're not receiving proper training then because they are to follow orders and follow the law. They are not rogue agents. They're not used to being told what to do. They, uh, more than anybody, should be used to being told what to do. They answer to us. Talk to us a little bit more about that. Yes. So I spoke to a retired law enforcement officer who used to be the head of a police department and the chief of public safety in New Jersey. And he said exactly what you just said. He said that we have to keep in mind that police officers are used to giving orders, not necessarily taking them, and that that may be contributing to the low vaccination rates. And he said you have ranks. You have you have ranks. Might I add that the cop here in my city got convicted because he came onto the scene and shot a guy in the face with a shotgun against the orders of his superior officer. So maybe you fucking stupid ass cops need to learn a little discipline. He thinks that elected officials and the heads of police departments should instead take a different approach. Perhaps they could do things to incentivize. What conspiracy hole have you fallen down? giving out cash rewards if they do get the vaccine or for officers who get vaccinated and still contract COVID-19 on duty, he said they shouldn't have to take sick time to recover, that they should get extra days while they recover. Some interesting reporting right now on NBCNews.com. National reporter Janelle Griffith. Janelle, thank you. No, no, no. Regular employees out here actually doing the Lord's work, like making our cookies, they... They should get extra time to recover. No, not you fucking cops. The dulcet tones of an aggravated southern gentleman shouting lots. If I make some kind of an ad or something for this show, I might have to use that. See what people are saying about the show. The dulcet tones of an aggravated southern gentleman. (sighs) That made my day. (laughs) COVID-19 death rates are quickly rising in these days. By the way, you missed missed the... uh, We were talking about Australia at the beginning of this. Talking about the... Lockdown. Yes, please answer the, the, the. Why do construction sites in Australia have tea rooms? Is tea room just like a, a British word for break room? 
Because, like, we were reading the article, and I stopped dead in my tracks when I read Tea Room on Construction Sites. Just... Where they have their tea. <laughs> they got their little saucers with their tea cups. I spent way too much time talking about tea rooms on Australian construction sites earlier in the show. <laughs> oh, fuck. We've still got Steven Crowder and Jordan Peterson to go. The latest COVID-19 data showed some positive trends in the U.S. over the past two weeks, with new cases and hospitalizations falling slightly. Not all the data is trending in the right direction, however. In fact, the nation saw a 40% rise in COVID deaths in that same time frame. An average of more than 1,900 people per day died from the virus in the U.S. over the last two weeks, based on data from Johns Hopkins analyzed by the New York Times. The majority of deaths were reported to be among the unvaccinated. Maine only averaged around four deaths per day over the past two weeks. However, that amounted to a 275% increase from the previous two-week average. Oh, God. I'm a tea drinker myself. Now, Sparkles won't drink my tea when she comes over. She will not have my tea. He says, I drink pussy tea. I don't know what that means. It is herbal tea. It is flavored. This is like, I think this is blueberry, to be honest with you. She drinks this tea you get from a, a like it's a local place, Milo's or Milo's or some shit. No, we must not abandon Sparkles. And she is so, she was so excited for Friday. She's so excited for this Friday. She loves doing the show now. Like, He was very let down that we couldn't do the show on Friday. The, no, the chat has not decided. You decided, and nobody made you the decider. Rooibos? I don't know what that is. With soy milk, unsweetened. Yeah, you probably wouldn't like my tea then. This is this is rot your teeth. Sweet. Why would it No, 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 no. You you saw the picture of her eyeliner. She was so proud of it. Oh. As I said earlier, breakthrough cases seem to be more common than we were first led to believe. Two dozen more breakthrough COVID deaths. One in five new cases are among the vaccinated. This is in this is in a certain locality, uh, Las Vegas. Twenty-five people who had received a COVID nineteen vaccine died in the past two weeks from the virus. New data from the Southern Nevada Health District showed the district now reports more than nine thousand breakthrough coronavirus cases in Clark County since vaccines were made available. Now this doesn't mean the vaccine isn't effective. People are old. People are 
have comorbidities. And COVID is like, if vaccinated people are still dying from it, that should tell you how horrendous it is. If I did have it a couple of weeks ago, oh my God, it sucks ass. And since my symptoms seem to be exactly like everybody else's, I kind of think I did. Okay, okay. You, you well, she can't. She couldn't show her uh, sticky weed titties because that's against Twitch terms of service. But she most certainly did have sticky weed titties. I'm not going to talk about her titties anymore, though, because like she will, she will slap somebody for fucking talking about her, her body. It it sucked ass. It was horrendous. It came on incredibly fast. It started with a tickle in the back of my throat. And I was like, oh God, it feels like I'm getting a sore throat. Sparkles was here. She was sick. So I know exactly when I was exposed. It didn't take long. Less than 24 hours symptoms sat in or set in. When I woke up the next day, I was useless. And I was useless for two fucking days. I slept. Body aches. Fucking like I was choking on snot. Couldn't stop coughing. And then like the recovery, like it was a week before my nose was back. Like my nose had been swollen. It was horrendous. I asked her, I was like, you don't think it's the COVID, do you? And she's like, no, I think it's just a cold. Well, hmm. And I, I had mentioned this on the show before that, like, I was worried about vaccinated people, like, going back and forth and it evolving to be immune to the vaccine. But apparently that's incredibly rare. As I understand it. And that variants usually come from the unvaccinated. But once again, you know, we don't know. It's a new virus. So, there's a salmonella outbreak affecting 25 states, and apparently it has an unknown food source. The number of those sickened in the new salmonella outbreak is likely higher because many people recover without seeking medical care. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is trying to get to the bottom of a new salmonella outbreak that has sickened people in 25 states. The problem hasn't identified the food source. 127 people have fallen ill and 18 people have been hospitalized in the outbreak. Texas is the state with the most cases, followed by Minnesota and Virginia. The first case was reported on August the 8th. The most recent was last reported on September 1st. CDC said the number of those sickened in the outbreak is likely higher because many people recover without seeking medical care. It also takes three to four weeks to determine if a person is part of an outbreak. Foods these people ate are being reviewed to see if there is a common thread. Most people infected with salmonella experience diarrhea, fever, and stomach cramps, according to the CDC. Symptoms usually form within six hours of swallowing the bacteria, and most people recover in four to seven days. 
children under five and adults over 65. People with weakened immune systems may experience more severe, severe illness. Here are the states affected. Arkansas, California, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa. Where in the fuck? I thought my Google was playing something. (laughs) Iowa, Kansas, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, South Dakota, Texas, Utah, Virginia, and Wisconsin. We already have cool background music. Doing a little jig to it. Now, if you follow any right-wing media outlets, you might know that uh, there was a picture they kept sharing around of these frat boy-looking guys from the Capitol rally on Saturday that they all assume were feds. Now, apparently there were indeed some feds in the crowd. I don't know if that particular picture that I've seen circulate all over right-wing media. I don't know if they were feds. A federal law enforcement officer was arrested at carrying a gun at Saturday's rally at the U.S. Capitol, billed to support the suspects charged in January's insurrection, but he will not be prosecuted. The 27-year-old New Jersey man is an officer with U.S. Customs and Border Protection, I CPB um Okay, so if he's CPB then what was he fucking doing there? I thought they just arrested a fed that was there, you know, undercover with the rally. He's CPB, he CBP. I said it backwards, didn't I? Um He was probably there in support of the rally. He was arrested by Capitol Police for illegally possessing a gun on the grounds of the Capitol after people in the crowd reported seeing him with a handgun and notified nearby officers. His arrest and presence at the event were surprising because the rally was billed as an event to support those who had been charged in January's riot. Law enforcement officials had prepared extensively for the possibility that Saturday's rally could devolve into violence bringing back the fence around the Capitol, activating the city's entire police force and requesting assistance from the National Guard, taking no chance as they aimed to avoid a repeat of the January 6th attack. Police had also warned they would come down hard on anyone who violated Washington's gun laws. Washington, D.C.'s gun laws. But there were very few incidents on Saturday and only a handful of arrests. Four people were arrested, including the Customs and Border Protection Officer, Generally, under federal law, law enforcement officers are given reciprocity to legally carry their weapons in other states, even those with restrictive gun laws. But the law has an exemption for government property or military bases where it is illegal to carry a gun like the U.S. Capitol. Spokesman for the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington said prosecutors were not moving forward with charges but did not provide additional information about the decision. Two law enforcement officials said the officer was not at the rally in any official capacity. That, that is key. He was there in support. He should be charged. 
The officials could not discuss the matter publicly and spoke to the AP on condition of anonymity. Department of Homeland Security's Inspector General was also notified of his arrest. Now, the Proud Boys, who were an integral part of the first rally on January the 6th, was apparently hacked. What is being called the Panama Papers of Hate Groups by researchers, hacktivist collective Anonymous, good guys, has dumped more than 150 gigabytes of identifying previously private data on the customers of Epic, a web service provider infamous for lending safe harbor to sites with far-right and extremist views. On Epic's clientele list were a number of sites banned from other platforms for violating policies on hate speech and misinformation, like those associated with the Proud Boys, 8chan, Parler, and QAnon conspiracy groups. A statement attached to the stolen data's torrent file, Anonymous said it's a decade's worth of company data and includes passwords, internal emails, and clients' home addresses and phone numbers. Extremist researchers and political opponents say they will need time, months perhaps, even years to comb through it all. It's massive. It may be the biggest domain-style leak I've seen. And as an extremist researcher, it's certainly the most interesting, says Megan Squire, a professor at Elon University who studies right-wing extremists. It's an embarrassment of riches. Stress on the embarrassment. (laughs) Apparently, uh, the Proud Boys received quite a bit of funding from the Chinese leading up to the January 6th attack. Which we now have some new footage from. Showing a Tennessee man taunting officers and breaking the barricades. We've got some local news footage, but let's watch the let's watch the video ourselves. Can we? Is it going to let us? Well, we'll watch the local news story instead. To that stunning body camera video showing a Tennessee man clashing with Capitol Police during that January 6th riot. Yeah, the new video shows him telling officers they better let him through, and then he attempts to break the barricade. Now, he is seen using a metal Trump sign as a battering ram against the Capitol Police officers. Yeah, our chief investigative reporter Jeremy Finley shows you moment by moment how the whole thing unfolded. Do you think we're Keep your eyes on that man. He's hard to miss, given the scuba mask he's wearing. That's Joseph Jose Padilla from Cleveland, Tennessee. When he first approaches the barricade on January 6th, watch. He finds out police aren't messing around. Seconds later, he begins to taunt the officers. Did the captain have to run off and call you to help him? Because he's afraid of me? For talking to him? And for not backing down to you guys? The father of three then makes it clear the crowd wants in the Capitol. 
defending a machine that doesn't even care about you, man. But if you let us in there, that machine will be gone. You're fighting for an for a narcissistic piece of shit that doesn't care about you. Trump doesn't care about you, you stupid fuck. Video shows he then puts his hands on the barricade, claiming he'd been attacked. Moments later, he begins to push, telling the crowd to help him. He's struck repeatedly by police, unable to get good. But both the body camera and frames of video shown in the criminal complaint show he joins others in using a metal Trump sign to break the barricade. Once passed, the criminal complaint says he then threw a flagpole at the officers. While his defense attorney writes that Padilla never entered the Capitol, there is ample proof of what happened outside. Well, wow. okay, so Jeremy, you've confirmed that Padilla was once with the Tennessee National Guard. That's right. So what we found out is that he was a sergeant and in was in the Guard and discharged in 2012. We were unclear at this point trying to find out why he was discharged. Well, his attorney also said they had no further comment beyond what they said in April when the attorney argued in court that Padilla wasn't a flight risk and did not bring a weapon to the Capitol that day. But a judge disagreed and Padilla remains in federal custody. Good. Keep him locked up. Just like this motherfucker should have stayed locked up. A Kentucky man and GOP operative pardoned by President Trump has been charged again in an illegal campaign scam. A Republican political operative pardoned by President Donald Trump after his conviction in a 2012 bribery plot has been charged again with campaign-related crimes, this time involving a 2016 illegal campaign contribution scheme and a Russian national. Jesse Bitten, 43, of Louisville, Kentucky, was accused in an indictment unsealed Monday in federal court in Washington. Trump pardoned Bitten in December after his conviction in a case involving false records and campaign reports to the Federal Election Commission. Prosecutors said Bitten and two others who were working on the 2012 presidential campaign of Ron Paul, tried to hide $73,000 in payments to an Iowa state senator, Kent Sorensen, for his endorsement of Paul. You couldn't even get goddamn Kent Sorensen, who I've never fucking heard of, to endorse Ron Paul? You had to pay him to do it? God damn. I wish these people could feel shame. Apparently, Eric Trump's lawyer has started to feel a little shame. He has quit. A lawyer representing Eric Trump in the New York Attorney General's civil suit alleging the Trump Organization committed fraud has quit, according to a court filing he submitted last week. Mark McC... Casey of McCasey Frenchman informed a New York State Supreme Court judge in Manhattan that he was withdrawing from the case on September 14th. The move comes one day after a judge's order to seal a stipulation between the parties was filed. Before that agreement, the docket shows no activity in this case since January. It's not clear if there are any connection between the agreement and McCusky's, McCasey's departure. I'm sorry, McCasey. 
Casey declined to comment on the record for this story. He represented Eric Trump in the case since it was filed in August of 2020. Eric and representatives for the Trump organization have not replied to inquiries. A former law partner of Rudy Giuliani... Do you think we're stupid? you think we're fools? McCasey's uh, other clients have included Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher, oil-filled service company Halliburton, and basketball coach Rick Patino. Well, I mean, other than Patino, because uh, I, I don't know any, I don't know anything about Patino that makes him a shit person. He's, I, I'm from Kentucky. He's goddamn idolized there. New York Attorney General. Well, well, he used to be idolized in Kentucky until he went to go coach for Louisville. Now, nah, not so much. Maybe I don't know. New York Attorney General Letitia James is investigating the Trump Organization over allegations that it falsified the value of its assets to secure loans and tax breaks. Eric will continue to be represented by criminal defense attorney Alan Futurefoss. Futurefoss. Alan Futurefoss. Sorry, I fucked your name up, Alan. Futurefoss. Apparently... It's possible we are getting more indictments. Lawyer for Weisselberg said on Monday, I think it was. We have reason to believe that more indictments are coming, so. My position, and I didn't bring it up last night when DK said the thing about like, oh, Trump is going to run again or Trump's going to come off the bit, whatever the fuck he said. I was like, anybody that thinks Trump is going to win again is a complete and total fucking idiot. My position, and and I, I I would bet good money on this right now, my position is that he will be so tied up in all of this legal bullshit, there is no way he will, he will die broke and destitute. And ashamed, hopefully. It's debatable whether these people can even feel shame. I don't think he will actually be in the primary in 2024. I could be wrong, though. And, like, he is going to say he's going to be a force in the primary. He's going to milk it for all he can up until 2024. I don't... What memo? I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about, Dip. I... I don't think he will actually be the nominee for the Republican Party in 2024. And if he is, like, I think it's a good thing. Are are you talking about something that, uh, like, Barr did... They, they tried to make the legal argument that, you know, like pretty much anything the president could do, like that was during the impeachment. No, Barr, Barr left before the impeachment. God, this is, time is dilated. Everything just fucking... Thinking back on this shit seems like so long ago, and it was less than a year ago. 
They made an argument during impeachment that pretty much like whatever the president does is is the same thing as the Nixon argument. When the president does it, it's not illegal. Because even people like, I think Chuck Schumer. No, it was, oh, what's his name? Oh, fuck. Because it wasn't Schumer, the, the, it was during the trial or not the, well, not the trial. Yeah, the trial, and it was the representative. It was representative of what's his name. Fuck, I shouldn't even... Tr- my stoner ass should not be trying to recall shit that I haven't looked up and refreshed my memory on. <laughs> even though I sat here and watched the entire fucking thing on stream. But yeah, they, they made the argument that like when the president does it, it's not illegal. But that's bullshit. That's bullshit. And Barr believed in the... Uh, see, this is where I was getting mixed up. Barr believed in the unitary uh, unitary executive. Whatever that fucking thought process is. But the, that the president is like a fucking king. I'm still waiting for Trump to catch the COVID and, you know. Trump dies of COVID watch. Adam, I've missed you. I was thinking earlier today that I hadn't seen you in a while, but also I haven't been broadcasting in a while. But I was also like, I haven't seen Adam in Echoplex whenever I've been there. But I also don't think I've been in Echoplex. Unilateral, yeah. But I called it the unitary executive. <laughs> no, not unilateral. Unitary executive. That was it. I'm. Re- I don't. F- I'm not high enough for the ship. I'm glad you got your business taken care of, sir. We're happy to have you back. I I saw that story in Vice. Fucking anything to own the libs. We do the fucking thing in Breitbart that I read yesterday about how like it's it's actually a trick. The reason why we are promoting vaccines is because we don't want them to take it. We know that they won't do whatever we promote. So because we want them to die. We are promoting vaccines, so they won't take them. That's why they have to drink fucking iodine and take horse paste. I sincerely believe the organized left is doing everything in its power to convince Trump supporters not to get the life-saving Trump vaccine. (laughs) Oh. Well, it's a Tuesday in the United States, so you know it's the second day this week that we've had a school shooting. Three students were hurt in a shooting near East High School. This happened in Wichita, Kansas. Wichita police say three students suffered non-life-threatening injuries in a shooting near East High School. Reports came in shortly before 12.30 p.m. on Tuesday. First responders located two victims who were out on lunch at the time of the shooting and transported them to an area hospital. Police later confirmed a third victim who was grazed in front of the school and sought help at the nurse's office.
Officers put the license plate number into what what license plate number? Uh this story skipped something here. They tracked the suspect vehicle and took a 17-year-old male and two 16-year-old males into custody around 1 p.m. Police say the shooting stemmed from an ongoing issue and was not a random act. Numerous students were outside at the time of the shooting. Remember, kids, shoot up drugs, not schools. That's my advice to you. Shoot up drugs, not schools. You can get that on a t-shirt at the freak store. All right, we're going to go to a couple of school board meetings here. Is school shootings the things that the right-wingers are upset about? No! No, of course not. A Missouri state representative wants an official to step down after This Is America, the Childish Gambino song. I guess the video was played. They were analyzing the video. A Republican state lawmaker in Missouri is calling for a school superintendent to resign over what he called highly inappropriate subject matter in a high school course that included the music video for This is America by Childish Gambino. If you have not seen the video, you should totally watch it. You should, you, you should watch one of those YouTube videos that analyzes all the symbology in the video. Let me tell you, when I was, I took AP uh, English in uh, high school, and my teacher, who was the shittiest teacher I've ever had, actually had an argument with her on Facebook not that long ago about it, calling her the shittiest teacher I've ever had. She assigned us a writing prompt where we had to listen to Hotel California. And analyze the lyrics and shit. Let me tell you, analyzing This Is America by Childish Gambino is way better. Because fucking Hotel California has no goddamn depth. That song is bullshit. Whereas this this video has all kinds of symbology in it. State Representative Chuck... Uh... I'm going to fuck his name up. Basie. Baze? On Monday, called for Columbia Public Schools Superintendent Brian Yearwood to step down, claiming the district was not properly managing the concerns of parents. The legislator said in a news release, parents and students deserve far far better than what they are seeing at Hickman and at the Columbia Public School System, in which they have no interest in ensuring appropriate material is taught in the classroom. Specifically, he cited gun violence, murder, and drug use referenced in the song This Is America, which was included in an assignment for an AP U.S. Studies class. Basie also was critical of an assignment involved in material by Nicole Hannah-Jones, one of the authors of the 1619 Project. So this is all a publicity stunt. Saying its inclusion contradicts Yearwood's public statement on a Columbia radio show in August that the 1619 Project would not be implemented in the school system. 
1619 Project is a, is a project by the New York Times Magazine that aims to reframe the country's history by placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of black Americans at the very center of our national narrative. Columbia Public Schools Chief Communications Officer Michelle Baumstark said in an email to The Hill that Basie's news release was not sent to the district. Of course it wasn't! It was just publicity! He didn't actually have legitimate concerns to take up with the district. She added that the district had extended an open invitation for Basie to meet with Yearwood and said the district will remain focused on doing our best every day to support our scholars and their future success. That's a fantastic assignment. I am for that. Watch the video for This Is America. But now, now, now. Move to another board meeting where a Texas mother interrupts a school board to discuss anal sex. This is my type of story right here. Uh, We might need a content warning for this one. This is one that I kind of wanted to say for the freak show, but I'm like, nah, nah, we gotta do it tonight. Let's watch it. Take her out back, we boys figured, then hand on the titties. Put it in her coin box, put it in her cornhole, grab a hold of that braid, rub that calico. You can find that on page 39 of the book called Out of Darkness, which you can find at Hudson Bend Middle School in Bee Cave. Is she trying to be like Marjorie Taylor Greene? Like, is this woman preparing to run for office? Middle school. All right. Not going to lie. I had to Google cornhole because I have the game in the back of my yard. But. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Once again, this this is something that's in an AP classroom. Again, they're upset about AP material. Oh, God. Then hand on the titties. Put it in her coin box. Put it in her cornhole. Grab a hold of that braid. Rub that calico. You can find that on page 39 of the book called Out of Darkness, which you can find at Hudson Bend Middle School and Bee Cave Middle School. All right. Not going to lie. I had to Google cornhole because I have the game in the back of my yard. But according to Wikipedia, cornhole is a sexualist slang vulgarism. For anus, the term came into the use in the 1910s of the United States. It's that old? Cornhole, which came into usage in the 1930s, means to have anal sex. I do not want my... For for those of you who don't know, like, cornhole is an incredible... Is it just a southern thing? I've, I've mainly seen... Like, it's very popular in the south. I don't know if it's just a southern thing. It's a thing where you throw, like, hacky sacks into a... A cornhole... Like a, it's a it's a box with a hole cut in it, and you you I don't know how far apart. I I've never played the game. It's very popular, like tailgating events and shit. Cornhole, and we always laughed, you know, when it when it started popping up everywhere. Like, do you guys not know what cornhole means? That's what. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think it was just exclusive to the South. Chud stuff. Yeah, there you go. Came into usage in the 1930s means to have anal sex. I do not want my children to learn Thank about you. anal sex 
in middle school. I have never had anal sex. Thank I don't want to have anal sex. I don't want my Hard kids having anal stone. sex. I want you. Ma'am, ma'am, you seem incredibly repressed and very tense. Allow me to let you know you have a G-spot up your asshole. Stick a finger up there and stimulate that shit. We did not need to know that you have never had anal sex. Anal sex. I do not want my children to learn about anal sex in middle school. I have never had anal sex. I don't want to have anal sex. I don't want my kids having anal sex. I want you to start focusing on education and not public health. Stone, you're on. I kind of want this as a sound clip, too. <laughs> oh, fuck. I, that's spoken like a woman that really wants to try anal sex, right? Just be really slow and gentle about it. You start with a fucking finger. You work your way up to, like, two fingers, and you, you do the three. I'm going to get kicked off of fucking Twitch. All right. I said we'd do it at the end. We'd get a little petito as a treat. (laughs) I don't want to talk about this story more than I have to, but it is dominating the news. So we're going to put it in the proper perspective. And for that proper perspective, let's hear from Miss Joy Reid, who uh, I didn't even know who she was a couple of years ago, but the few clips I've watched of her, like she always impresses me. I like this woman an awful lot. But the way Joy. the story has captivated the nation has many wondering, why not the same media? This, this, we're, uh, in case you didn't know what I'm talking about, this is a Gabby Petito, uh, the boyfriend that's on the run. Her her body has been uh, found. She is deceased. We have the we have the the footage of the encounter with cops. We're going to watch a little bit of it. Attention when people of color go missing. Well, the answer actually has a name, missing white woman syndrome, the term coined by the late and great Gwen Ifill to describe the media and public fascination with missing white women like Lacey Peterson or Natalie Holloway, while ignoring cases. Ooh, ooh, the thing about, okay. You should never talk to the police. Never. Oh, no, Gwen Eiffel died. Oh, that's not cool. Big fan. Yeah, I I, I hadn't heard that. Oh, back in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I was going to be really fucking sad. Who said it? I... I am so confused as what did Joy Reed say it? Oh, oh, I I need to go back. I wasn't paying attention to what Joy was saying. I was in my I'm It's been a stressful day for me today. This is this has not been the best day for me. And I had I had many internet issues. I'm not high enough, Stark Raving. I'm not high enough at all.
Uh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna do that here. Um, stressful, stressful, stressful fucking day. Stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we'll we'll smoke up, fucking. But Joy Reid, awesome. Everything I've heard from her has been fantastic. I'm sure she's going to like lay it all out for us right now. But the way this story has captivated the nation has many wondering: why not the same media attention when people of color go missing? Well, the answer actually has a name, missing white woman syndrome, the term coined by the late and great Gwen Ifill to describe the media and public fascination with missing white women like Lacey Peterson or Natalie Holloway, while ignoring cases involving missing people of color. Joining me now is Derricka Wilson, co-founder and CEO of the Black and Missing Foundation, and Lynette Gray-Bull, founder of Not Our Native Daughters, an organization created for the awareness of the missing, exploited, and murdered indigenous Thank women. you, Joy. Thank you both for being here. You know, I, I, you. I, I, I bring up this point because there's a case that's so similar. A, a journalist friend of mine, um, Derricka, sent me this. And then, like, there's so many groups that we could talk about. Trans people. Trans women go missing an awful lot. There's 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 a black male uh, like med student that's missing right now, and his case isn't getting any attention. This story about a young, uh, uh, you know, about some other people that are missing. There's one guy whose name is Daniel Robinson. Daniel Robinson uh, is a young black man. He's only 24 years old, five foot eight, 165, black hair, brown eyes. That's his description. His dad has hired a private investigator to find him. Um, he's missing part of an arm. He was last seen driving away from his job site in the Buckeye, Arizona desert on June 23rd. And his case struck me because it's, it's very similar. He's missing in a, this, you know, the same part of the world. Um, it's a case that it has all of that same kind of sizzle, the sort of mystery of it, this young man uh, who just goes missing. It, I never heard of it until this friend of mine sent it to me. Uh, and I guess that's sort of, that's the issue, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's definitely the issue. It is the issue. We have been sounding the alarm for nearly 14 years because of this. When it comes to missing persons of color, men, women, and children, our cases are not taken seriously, and no one is looking for us if we were to go missing. I wanted more. I wanted to go more in-depth than that. Shit, I should have got the whole segment. I'm sorry. But thank you, Joy, for spotlighting that. I've become an incredibly big fan of Joy Reid's. And she makes right-wingers' heads explode. Now, I called this a Nancy Grace-type story the other day. So, of course, if we want to get the lowdown and get caught up on what's going on, let's hear from Nancy Grace. One call surfaced where this guy called and said, I saw Brian hitting Gabby. Um, and slapping Gabby, and I saw the van. And yes, yes, indeed. Why wasn't this changed from person of interest to suspect at that point? In the minds of the police, he is a suspect. They're just not telling me and you that. As you know, with your legal expertise, that once you are named a suspect, a whole host of constitutional protections surround you. Right now, that autopsy is going down. And this is what disturbs me. You got just a couple of choices, Harvey. One, he left her as she was running behind the van going, don't leave me out here. There's that choice, which is horrible. 
there's death by natural causes. Did she fall down a ravine, some accident in which she died, or was she murdered? Those are the only three choices. In any event, he left her there and drove about 2,000 miles, plenty of time to think about it. It's cold. There's intense heat. There is a lot of rain. There's a lot of moisture. There is animal activity, which is a nice way of saying the animals could have torn her apart. So I don't know if they're going to get a COD. I don't know if they're going to be able to determine, was she strangled? Is her skin intact? I think it was, though, Harvey, because I believe they immediately... Now, she was a prosecutor, right? That's why she's talking, like, so frank about this. We may be able to get a cause of death. Talking to TMZ, of course, if you didn't pick that up by the... (laughs) What the fuck is Diamond Silk talking about? I am not a fan. Not a fan at all. But I figured if we if we were going to get the lowdown on what's going on, Nancy Grace would know, right? So here is the full body cam video of the cop interaction with them. I just like watching cop body cam footage, so we're not going to watch this whole thing. It's like an hour and a half. Why don't I sit you down in the back seat of my car? You're not in any trouble, okay? I'm not going to be putting handcuffs on you. You obviously don't have any weapons. I'm going to get you into the air conditioning, let you take a breath, relax a little bit, and then I'll come back in. Well, I mean, the, when when we first did this story last week, like when I just read like the first paragraph, I'm like, uh, he had something to do with it. So, just go ahead and take a seat. And that and that was that was my uh, that was my thing as well as like you know he didn't necessarily murder her but he had something to do with it. What's that? Yeah, I just spoke to her. So, you want to do me a favor? Let's go ahead and get you to step out of the vehicle. Alrighty. What a beautiful part of the country. You're not in any trouble right now. So, tell me what's going on. The shoes get worked up sometimes, and I try and really distance myself from her, so like I, I lock the car and I walk away from her. What, what happened this morning is that she's trying to start up like that. That sounds like abusive behavior. That sounds like toxic masculinity. We, we really had a nice she gets worked up sometimes. She just putting the blame on her. Scratches on your face? She had itself on her hand, that's why I was pushing her away. Because I she, she wanted the, I like the keys so I could walk away. I, I said, let's just take a breather and let's not you know go anywhere, let's just calm down for a minute because she's gonna work up. And then she had her phone trying to get the keys to so that way. I was just trying to I know I shouldn't push, but I was just trying to push her away to go, let's let's just take a minute, step back and breathe. And we see she got me with her phone. Can I see your hand? Oh you got a mark right here. Oh that's from a wire. On a wire, yeah. You want to tell me about hitting that curb? Hitting the curb was her grabbing the wheel. She grabbed the wheel, yeah. She said, I can't believe we're getting pulled over. And then she grabbed the wheel. What about the speed? Did she take over the, did no, she take over the pedal on you? I was going fast, I'm sorry. No, it's probably just the, the moment of like, I'm still thinking now. The adrenaline's seen the lights flashing up, and then her grabbing the wheel. So if I sped up, I'm sorry about that. What if I was speeding beforehand? I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it took quite a bit to catch up to you. Now, apparently, he has been spotted on some kind of a deer camera or something. Uh-huh. 
possibly. Okay, and we were just, I was trying to keep everything calm and quiet because there's plans still to go for a hike with this year. I'm, I'm, I'm never sorry about that. Of course, of course. Do me a favor. You want to go ahead and just take a seat right over here on the curb sure. for me? And if I was speeding, I'm sorry. Well, apologies. You don't have anything in that pocket or anything like that, do you? Nope. Just the wallet? Yeah. All right. And then, do you mind lifting your shirt so I can check the waistband? I got a camera up on me real quick. Nothing. That's totally possible. I just want to make sure that's all, man. Go ahead, do me a favor, take a seat, all right? And that would make them even more prone to wild mood swings and shit. Do you have your ID on you? In the car, if you want to come with me, yeah, I'll no, we'll just do this. Just go ahead and take a seat. You come with me, I'll give you Believe me, I've been a tweaker with a with a fucking wild woman before. I know, I know how it goes. B-R-I-N. Yeah, and L-A-U-N. And then your name? L-A-U-N. L-A-U-N. D-R-I-E. Oh, I only go for wild women. Okay. What's your date of birth, Brian? If, if, if a woman won't stand up to my bullshit and put me in my place, I'm, I'm not attracted to them at all. Can I just sit in the shade because I'm bald? Um, I'll, no, it's okay. I'll give you some shit. <laughs> Sound good? All right. Just hang tight for me. So two two nine. I need a twenty nine name and date of birth. First name Brian, layman spellings, last name laundry, Lima Alpha uniform. You hit you though. I mean, I mean, it's okay if you're saying you hit him. I understand if you hit you, but we want to know the truth. We actually hit you. The woman I'm referring to, I I usually call the crackhead. What do you mean? I have no idea what wild even is. They don't call me the freak daddy for nothing. I earned that nickname. Cute couple. I'm sorry, I just I'm uninterested in this shit. I tried. I can't. Now, what I am interested in is Jordan Peterson going on with goddamn Steven Crowder. Oh God, do I, do I need to show you a picture of me in the crack whore? Oh, 
Hicks with X's. Yes, okay. <laughs> That's about circa 2007. We were both photographers, so, you know, we take good pictures. I'm, I, I only date Walt, except for the Sunday school teacher. I dated a Sunday school teacher one time. That's like that's like the only wild woman that I've uh, that I've never. That's the only girlfriend I've had that wasn't a wild one. I dated a Sunday school teacher, and I'm talking like ten years ago. Like, I was me, <laughs> very much me, very open about, and, and way more hardcore about my atheism 10 years ago. But still, I dated a Sunday school teacher. I took a Sunday school teacher's virginity. No, no, I see it in her eyes. Well, she told me she was, it wasn't like she was saving it for marriage or some shit. Like, when I say I dated a Sunday school teacher, like, she's super fucking cool. She's very smart. Highly, highly intelligent. She's on the run in Costa Rica. But she said, like, she wasn't saving it for marriage or anything. She just never came across somebody that was worthy. And I was like, you think I'm worth <laughs> So, yeah. Wild women. Uh, not wild women. Really dorky men. Steven Crowder and Jordan Peterson. I bet Dave watches the whole goddamn thing with Jordan Peterson on with Steven Crowder at some point in time. We're going to watch this little three-minute segment. This is the teaser clip that JP put out on his Facebook page. The fat pride movement, for example. And this sort of ties in, obviously, with as we're struggling with an international pandemic. And Did he say the fat pride movement? What? The fat pride movement, for example. And this sort of ties in, obviously, with as we're struggling with an international pandemic and the single being as preventative, you know, comorbidity is is, is, is obesity, but we're not allowed to talk about it because we've declared that it's beautiful. Um, You know, when I gained that much weight very quickly, I felt it on my joints. Now, keep in mind, this was obviously fluid in my thoracic cavity was basically, you know, medically induced. It was a complication, but I felt like a very different person and it was amazing how much it also affected my psyche. And I've got to imagine that even if that's happening over the course of a long period of time, sure, physiologically, you adjust more, you know, the, the connective tissue. But it's got to have an effect on your mental state. And like you've talked about, even losing the weight. I mean, right now, this is, this is right. Have we b- bound ourselves in such a knot to kind of go here with, to me, COVID and the fat price? And we need to delineate. People who are overweight and want to lose weight, and that's, that's an entirely different situation than someone saying, you will declare me beautiful and healthy. Um, 
the fuck you. I'll listen to Lizzo and listen to her talk about coming out with her ass hanging out and being proud about it. Lizzo is fucking beautiful. Fuck you, Steven Crowder. Fuck off. At the same time well, that we're told okay. to follow we science. Can talk about this. Well, one of the things I've really been thinking about lately, and I'm going to write the next book that I'm going to write um, about this, I think, at, at least in part, is that it seems to me that if we don't have a delineated space... Michaela set it up for him. ...for the sacred and the religious, and that it's put in its proper relationship to the other things that we're concerned about, then what happens is not that we become pure rationalists, as people like Dawkins and and Harris, for example, might hope, but that much that should never be religious instantly becomes contaminated with it. Right. And so an issue like like body size, relative obesity, starts to take on this intensely moral uh, uh, element and, and the people who are pushing hard against shaming someone if they're fat, they have their point. But it, 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 should be, it, it shouldn't be a moral issue to begin with. They have their point. Now, the point is that you should like res- be respectful of other people. You know, unless they're saying stupid shit on their stupid little podcast or their stupid little streaming show. Fucking idiots. If you're overweight, it's not because you're a bad person. <laughs> There's all sorts of reasons that you might be overweight. And we should be able to have a discussion about that without it becoming moral. And we can't. And part of the reason for that is, well, we don't know what's sacred and what isn't. And and, and we don't even know that some things have to Nothing be. is sacred. Nothing should be. And so... Everything in our political landscape is becoming contaminated, as far as I can tell, with what are essentially religious. That's a very good point, Adam. That's psychologically, not theologically. Yeah. So, and that's not good. It's it's and, and and being a gym bro like Stephen Crowder didn't stop him from having a, a fucking heart fucking issue that he had to take what three four weeks off of to have heart surgery. Like this is one of his first shows back. It, it also means that we're going to be more more tempted to elevate our leaders, our political leaders, into spaces of of treatment that should be reserved for the sacred, and and that's not a good thing either. I mean, politicians are basically administrators. And what? That's the proper sense. What the? F- that was that. What's this video? Well, we're going to watch that after I've, I've finished this rant. What was I going to rant about? For those of you listening to the podcast, when I when I took the video of Peterson and Crowder off of full screen, we went to a video from the Daily Caller where a woman has her ass pointed at me and um, it's kind of <laughs> it, it's kind of uh, uh, like throw me for a loop here this is like reading Australian Tea Room I don't exactly know what to do with this 
I think I was going to go on a rant about how fucking Jordan Peterson didn't make any fucking sense and started asking about comorbidities and COVID and ended up ended up talking about politicians being treated as sacred somehow. How do you get from point A to point B unless you're just a complete fucking idiot that's talking out of your ass? Speaking of talking out of your ass, let's find out what this woman did. I don't want any margaritas. I don't want any tacos. What I want is I want to be considered. Where are you from? How long you been here? Or you can just come shut my street down and don't don't tell me you're having a party or not. Sounds racist as fuck. I might not want to watch this. It's on Facebook, right? I it can't be on face like it's Daily Caller. They've had if there's something they 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 bound to have censored it, right? Because it's on Facebook. That was racist as shit. On what ground should we not watch it? Hate speech? Now that's that's a good possibility, just given where it is started out. I mentioned tea, and Adam's like, uh, hmm, tea. She shows her old ass. Well, I mean, it's on Facebook, so I'm assuming the Daily Caller has has edited it and put, like, a blur over her ass. I assume. If if they haven't, I'll hit the content warning real fast, so I, I avoid the Twitch terms of service, because I don't watch this. Where are you from? This street ain't your home. Where are you from? I'm from here. You're not from this street. I live in my great-grandmother's house. You're a f***ing lie. Be real with me if you really want to hang with me. Where are you from? Okay, thank you. Thank what the fuck? Why, why are you questioning her? Of communication. I don't know where it'll go, but I'll calm down now. Why weren't we notified you were going to shut our street down? I pay more property tax than anybody here. I can't get through here. It's a one-way, sweetie. Then go around, yeah, that's, yeah. I know you're sentiment. So now we can get... They're having a block party. And, okay, okay. By the way, I'm sure the right-wingers are taking this dude's side. But, you know, hey, like, who is the government to say, like, we can't have a party in the street, right? What the, what the fuck? Why aren't you joining with her? It's a part. It's a block party. What the fuck is wrong with you? Let's get straight to it. I don't have no parties where I block the street. I don't need to be nice. We at wall. We at wall. This is my neighborhood. I'm assuming this is an entitled white man. Born and raised, grandfathered. Check that. Check her. We want to know why the they block the street and they tell us. I call the police already. I'm waiting on them. My kids to get Yo, maybe it's not a white man. Get a permit. I don't know. I can't. You, with the Louisiana, you do it. You don't. You don't know. My elderly neighbors are calling me, talking about they can't get through. So fuck y'all. Look at this. Yeah, we know what you was from the jump. Oh, I know they got laws and rules. Laws and rules. They had no permit. They blocked the street with their personal car. I want them cited. Meet me at my house. Huh. Don't narc to the police. I want her cited. She took her personal car and blocked the f- 
street to where my neighbors start calling me from everywhere. I can prove everything I'm saying. They would have had all them black people in jail if they was black. If we'd have went and had a block party in front of they house and shut down they street with no authority. Why aren't you having a block party? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I want to talk about this song. Tigger flag. Okay. Tigger flag. <gasps> okay, why not? I thought the American flag was real nice. Uh-huh. I don't say nothing about the shrubbery. Beach. A tigger warning. I don't say nothing about the backyard. But now, I don't like that. Hey, well, hold, hold on. Hey, woman. Woman. You ain't got no right to say anything about somebody else's property. Get the fuck out of there. Okay, I didn't hang that. My brother hung that. This well, I know. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I don't like it. Okay. I don't give a shit. I don't have, I don't want to have to go find out what they are, but I, I don't like that. I mean, this isn't a homeowners association, though. No, but there's rules for the community. And I'm, no, I'm, there's not. I don't like it. All right. It makes, I don't care. Tacky. Welcome. Makes the neighborhood look tacky. It it doesn't. Oh, fuck off. It's okay. You're allowed your opinion. Okay. Uh huh. I'm gonna find out about it. All right. Well, you I would have told her to go fuck herself. The offensive flag. Yes, it is Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. You know the wonderful thing about <laughs> I fucked it up. You know the wonderful thing about Tigger. Are you calling me a pig-loving piece of shit? Pigs are cool. Oink, oink, pigs. Not like, you know, bang, bang, pigs. We don't have any pigs tonight, though. We got we got steak. Steak is on the menu for tonight. This is a bull, an African, what, two-see steer walking into a Petco. Because why the fuck not? First of all, those horns are majestic as fuck. We got audio? He's going in Petco. Damn right he's going in Petco. Who's going to stop him? Easy, 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 easy. Easy, easy, he says. <laughs> I know, Adam. I was, I was just... I was just fucking with you. God damn, that thing's huge. Oh, it's sweet. (laughs) I'm going to assume this is in Texas. This is like the most well-behaved bull I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Well, it said it's a steer. Is that udders or is that just fat? 
That's what I thought. I thought it was just his fat hanging in. Like, my cats are so fat that they've got the skin hanging down. That's what I thought that was. I didn't think it was an udder. Like, Maynard totally has, like, a pouch. How can you... Can you can you put fake horns on a bull like that? I mean, it's an exotic bull. It's from Africa and shit. So he's going in Petco. <laughs> he sure is. He doesn't seem to have any problem with it either. Easy, easy, he says. <laughs> Alright, that was your animal video for the night. That's going to do it for me. If you're watching on Twitch, I'm going to send you over to Echoplex Media. I believe they've got the down ballot going on right now. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's alright to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live.